0: Well it may seem like this is a great time to be in the childcare industry because of all the attention that's being paid to it right now. But the reality is much more complicated than that. There are issues on all sides, from paying workers an attractive wage to finding workers to having enough spaces. I mean, you name it. So we've been trying to get at all sides of this. We've heard from parents who are struggling with this. We've heard from, you know, the government saying they're doing the best that they can. We're also talking as well to child care providers, and that's our next guest actually. Alexandra Carnio was with us, the founder and CEO of Productivity Childcare Academy. Alexandra, thanks for being here.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
0: First of all, tell me about your business. Like how big is it?
1: Um, so we currently have just over 130 spots. We have two locations that we have right now. Um, and we actually have a unique model. So we actually have co-working upstairs and childcare downstairs. So people can rent flexible office space upstairs and then have their child downstairs as well.
0: Okay, and how busy are you? Like, what's your waitlist like?
1: Oh, my goodness. Our waitlist has, we've been full since before we opened. So as soon as I said that there was a new childcare option coming to our city, we have been waitlisted from day one. Um, to date, we have about 200 people actively on our waitlist, and we haven't even been open a year. Um, and we also acquired another center who had a 600-person-plus waitlist, so you can see that it's a little bit insane.
0: It does sound insane. And is there a lot of, like, how would you describe the childcare industry right now with everything that is going on?
1: Oh my goodness, it's such an interesting time. And like you mentioned, it's interesting for parents. Um, I myself am a parent, and I, you know, obviously enjoy reduced fees. But there's so many other angles and especially for providers, I think it's a bit of a scary time right now because with this level of government involvement that we're seeing, um, for example, now you can only increase your fees 3% a year. um, It's scary to try and make ends meet as things continue to climb with costs.
0: Okay, so tell me about that then. So what do you do? What is your business model?
1: So, our business model from day one has been set out to pay educators a living wage. So, a lot of educators are only paid, you know, $19 to $22 an hour. Um, and there's a lot of centers in our city specifically, and I'm sure across the province, that they're actually having to close rooms of these childcare spots that people so desperately need because they can't find educators. So from day one, we said, OK, we need to change how this is done. And we're actually paying that living wage. Um, so we're able to attract and retain more employees. But that does cost us more as a business to our bottom line, for sure.
0: Well, wow, it's a double edged sword, isn't it, though? Like you need the attention and help from the government because finally they're paying attention to childcare, But then it brings all these other issues, too.
1: It totally does. And, and it's I don't know what the right answer is, but it's, it's definitely hard to be a private business to try and have this government level of involvement. And I think that there might be some misconception that, you know, we're getting this government funding now, so everything should be fine. But they're not matching our operating costs with our rates that we're able to charge. Also, there's different rates that you can charge depending on what area that you're in in the province. So, for example downtown vancouver can charge a lot more than what we can charge particularly in kelowna um, even though we know costs are climbing regardless of where you live
0: and how are parents dealing with that because do they have a certain set expectation as well alexandra and then it turns out that well, no, know they might have to pay a little bit more
1: Totally. And I think that's also the hard part of having this government involvement is that there's almost like an entitlement that, you know, we're owed these spots. But these are still private businesses as well that are operating and trying to make ends meet. And that's what we really had to do and get creative with is how can we offer more outside of our basic fees? Um, So one thing that we do at our center is extended hours and weekends. So we're open until nine and then we're also open on Saturdays for parents Um, and then also the co-working aspect. So we're trying to find ways that we don't have to rely on the government income 100% because I think right now there's it's not a great time to get into the childcare business, but yet we desperately need more people to do so because we have no spots available for the kids that we're trying to already serve.
0: Right. And you're saying like, you know, you're paying up to $30 an hour. Well, that's, I mean, you know, five years ago, that would have been unheard of to play that in the childcare industry.
1: Totally. But, you know, we're seeing the benefits of that because not only do we not have to close programs, like we're giving parents that consistency because they can rely on their educators actually coming to work and staying with us. So we actually have a waiting list of staff, which is an amazing position to be in, um, but it does come at a cost.
0: Okay, so what would you like parents to really know about this whole situation?
1: Yeah, I think there has to be some empathy towards providers and really understand that, you know, we're we're businesses, we're not government, we're not just solely relied on government funding. And we also have to be realistic with, you know, what we're charging in terms of what things actually cost. So, you know, saying with the government, for example, that we can only increase 3% a year now on our base fees. Um, We all know inflation is so much higher than that, like the cost of food, the cost of rent, the cost of staff. It just all adds up. So I think there has to be some empathy on all sides.
0: It's so interesting, Alexander, the way you say that, because you're saying you kept saying we're a business. Maybe that's the trouble is that some people have trouble seeing childcare as a business.
1: Yes, and I think so. And I think, you know, I, I have only been in the child care business for less than a year now. So it's definitely opened my eyes. I know lots of parents are like, I'm just going to open my own daycare. And that that's where I was, too, uh, about a year ago. And it's really been interesting to be in the business and see how it works. And really the lack of collaboration between um, government, other centers and families. And so trying to find that balance of running a business, being a great service provider, but then also being able to advocate for what we need on the child care side to the government is very unique.
0: Okay, and so what do you foresee for your business over the next year or two? Like, will you expand?
1: Yeah, so we're actually about to open our third location by the end of this year in Kelowna. And then we're actually looking into a franchising model, um, whether that stays specifically in Canada, not too sure. That's I think the thing with the $10 a day that's so uncertain for providers is how do we budget? How do we actually incentivize people to open businesses when we don't know what our funding is going to look like Um, versus like the market like the states perhaps where you know there isn't a maternity leave. Um, We offer nursing rooms for example like in our centers and so just looking at you know what that model looks like but for sure we definitely want to expand and uh, whether that's in Kelowna or whether that's into more of BC or the states we'll see.
0: So it's still a bit optimistic though, isn't it? Because it feels like no matter how many places you open, there will still be demand for what you're providing.
1: There is definitely demand. And I think that's the one nice thing is that it is a safe business to be in. We don't have seasonality. We don't have to worry about, you know, um, you know if it's winter, we have to make more sales. It's always stable um, in terms of numbers, but there's just never going to be enough spots at this rate to be able to service all the people that need care.
0: So are you having to charge maybe some extra fees for some things that you weren't charging for before? Um,
1: so we're kind of in a unique situation because we just opened in April 2022. And so we basically had structured our fees from day one that like the basic care would get you, you know, eight hours of child care a day with our curriculum based programming. And then you can pay an optional fee, which is above and beyond. Um, and that includes your meal programs, That includes access to extended hours like the evenings and the weekend care. And that's really been the difference and the game changer that allows us to be able to pay top dollar to be staff. We're in no means like a super profitable business. I think that's probably also a misconception. People probably think, oh, you're just raking in the money. (laughs) And there's a lot of costs associated with opening a center, um, whether that's insurance, like I said, food, staff, the list goes on and on.
0: I'll bet. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking to us about it this morning.
1: Yes, thanks so much for having me. It's
0: been so interesting. Alexander Carnia, who's a founder and CEO of Productivity Childcare Academy, a big wait list as well, but it is so fascinating to hear, you know, childcare now being discussed as an industry or a business, because that is what we are seeing happen out there. If you want to weigh in.